Good day, fellas. Welcome to Uncensored Advice for Men. My name is Josh. I'm your host. Um, I hope you've been enjoying these conversations, and maybe this is your first time coming. Uh, I encourage you guys to go to Uncensored Advice for Men, and uh, on that um, website, you'll be able to ask questions, questions that you have, and you could remain anonymous, uh, questions that will reach out to our influencers of men, coaches, consultants, speakers, authors, and we'll ask these men the questions that you guys have. So head on over to Uncensored Advice for Men, and we'll let you know when we found an answer to the question that you have. On today's show, we're going to have a conversation with one of my friends. I've known him for years, Manny Torres. Uh, he's a family guy who loves hot sauce, cold craft beer, water polo, and helping businesses with their marketing. Manny, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, Josh. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what advice do you want to start talking about uh, to us guys today? Sure. So my name is Manny Torres. I am the co-founder of Rock My Image, and we are a marketing agency that provides coaching and consulting to help business owners build strategy and systems so that their business can grow. But more importantly, we try and ensure that everything that we do is tied not only to their business, but to their life, because ultimately that's what you're doing it for. And uh, today I'd really like to talk about how you can elevate your sphere of influence so that it can have a positive impact on you and your wife and those that you support. Got it. So, you know, when, when you talk about sphere of influence, are we talking about, you know, your, your LinkedIn network? Are we talking about your, your friends and your, you know, either your Rolodex for those old school <laughs> guys who remember what a Rolodex is like, what do you mean by sphere of influence? So there's a quote from uh, Jim Barone where he says, we're the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So that sphere of influence is that group around you that you spend the most time with. And if you haven't, you know, taking time to really evaluate who those are and cultivate that group that you're around, you may be missing an opportunity to find some of those people that can help pull you up and really make sure that you're being the best person that you can be. Yeah. Now, we, we talk about, you know, building, building a sphere of influence to kind of, you know, be the, increase the average, right? Increase us and then also lift up other guys. But, uh, you know, with this stuff that we're going through as of recording, you know, we're just getting over the corona pandemic. There's a lot of fear about community, you know, like uh, and guys typically aren't good at building community or getting together with other dudes unless there's a sports. But there's not a lot of sports going on. Like what advice do you have in this current time or maybe even the future to help guys move past that? Yeah, I think the first step is just to take an action, you know, whether it's reaching out to someone that you haven't spoken to in a while. I know I used to live in Atlanta and I reached out to some of the guys that I played water polo with up there. And we got a group of five or six of us on a zoom call and we just, you know, had open conversations and, you know, it's just good to connect with people that you haven't seen for a while. And you remember that, you know, those people had an impact in your life. And if you, you know, keep thinking that one day we'll connect, you know, that one day may never come. So you, you need to, really be mindful of, you know, yourself and reach out to those people that matter the most to you so that you can connect and, and really build that relationship and strengthen it. Got it. Now, how has this impacted you as you're, you know, building your own business and you're a family man, like how has you know, your sphere of influence look, you know, helped you and, you know, what did it look like maybe before? Yeah. So, the sphere of influence has been a, a big help during this time because 
As you know, men typically don't share their emotions and their feelings, uh, even with their wife. Um, that's something that I've been challenged with and I work on, you know, to be more open with my wife. Uh, but I'm in, you know, several different communities. I'm in a mastermind with other entrepreneurs and business owners and being able to see how they are able to adapt and change and have new creative ideas. It inspires you. And if you spend all your time looking at the news or social media, you see a lot of negativity and that sphere of influence that you want to be around is someone that's uplifting, that's positive, that's going to be encouraging you and supporting you. And that's what my sphere of influence has been able to do and really um, give me the, the extra energy and excitement that I needed to push through. Got it. Now you, you talked about like this, this negative impact that happens as you are, you know, going through life, right? There's, there's sometimes there's people in your sphere of influence that play a, a negative piece, right? Maybe they're, you know, the Debbie Downers of the group, the right. Eeyores, right? The, the people who are like, it could be beautiful and sunshine out and they're like complaining about how bright it is. Right. Um, they could find a hundred dollar bill and it's crinkled, right? There's always something wrong. Like, have you had those kind of people in, in your sphere of influence in the past and name them and give us their number so we could block them? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're, they're definitely those people in everyone's life. And I think you need to be confident and care for yourself enough to, one, communicate that to them and say, hey, this isn't helpful for our relationship. And if this continues, I may not be able to continue you know, having interactions with you. Um, you know, I have a family member who typically always leads with something negative. And I, I mentioned to her, hey, you know, this isn't helpful. And, you know, if you continue to have these conversations, you know, I just won't see as spend as much time with you. So you give them that opportunity to change their, their habits and maybe be aware of what they're doing. Um, and if that, you know, becomes a problem, you know, maybe they don't spend as much time with you and you find someone that can be more positive and uplifting for you. Wow. So that, that's got to be tough, right? So like we all have friends that we might have grown up with and maybe they're going through a rough time. How do you distinguish between them maybe going through a rough time and, you know, just being able to be a good vent versus this dude or person in my world is always negative and I got to set that boundary. Hey man, your negativity is like leading on me. Like how do you know that facing your experience? Yeah, I think you'll notice the the trends, right? So if someone's always negative, it's going to be a habit that's always there. But if you see them change and, you know, obviously with the things that we're going through right now, people have a lot more pressure. There's a lot of, you know, moving things that are happening that you may not be aware of. So just having a conversation, being human and, and being, uh, having empathy towards them and, and being able to understand and ask them, you know, how are you doing? you know, what's been going on has, have things been changing? You can uncover some of those things and it may take a little bit of time. Uh, but if it, it's those people that are always negative, uh, regardless of the situation that you want to be weary of it and ensure that they're not pulling you down. And, um, you know, maybe it's a situation where they need help that's beyond your scope of capability. And maybe you can introduce them to someone that can help them. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So as you're, you know, as you've built, you know, and focus on sphere of influence, how does this impact business, right? Because you guys, you guys are, you know, brand specialists, you guys are in marketing, you're, you're all about, you know, growth and, and helping businesses grow and scale. Like, how does sphere of influence play a part in business? 
Right. So I'll tell you a story. Uh, when we were writing our first book, Amplify Your Business, we went to Charleston for a authority marketing summit by Adam Witte, and he's a publisher from Advantage Media. And one of the first speakers on stage was Dan Kennedy. And if you're not familiar with Dan, he's like the godfather of direct, direct response marketing. And as I'm sitting there listening to him, he's unlike any other speaker that you've ever seen. He's very uh, crude and crass, and he doesn't mind ruffling feathers. And what I learned from him was it's okay not to always please the people that want to do business with you, or um, it's okay to repel or reject people that aren't a great fit for your business. And that was a, a big weight lifted off my shoulders because I'm, I'm a pleaser by nature. And I was always trying to find ways to make things work. But what I realized from him is that if you spend all your time trying to um, make something work that isn't a great fit, it's taken away your time to support those that are a great fit that really bring you energy and excitement. Uh, so having great mentors in a sphere of influence like that help you realize things that may be in a blind spot that you don't see. Wow. You know, as you're building your sphere of influence, um, it sounds like this is something that you have, you have a little bit of control over, right? Um, and you mentioned something, right? We, we, we attract certain ones, but, we should also repel others. Now I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and, you know, CEOs and such like the idea of repelling a, uh, a client like scares me. And I'll, I'll, I think a lot of other people out of, you know, repelling them out of your sphere of influence or even as a customer, like, man, why would you want to do that? Yeah, it's counterintuitive, but you know, it's very similar to how, you hear people say there's riches in the niches. And if you're a generalist, you can't be exceptional at one thing. So by being able to really know who you serve, you're able to communicate it in a way that really connects with them and it, it, your message is gonna resonate. Now, if I'm saying that I can help every business in the world, that's not really true. But if I say I can help a CPA because I know how I can help them elevate what they're doing, increase their profitability without taking away their time from their family, now that's starting to speak to something that CPAs deal with because you know every spring these CPAs are they're so busy that they don't see their families and they think that the only way that they can grow is to bring in more clients but there's other ways to grow their business. Okay. So there's you know the riches in the niches. I think we've all heard this. And in your sphere, how do you determine what your niche is or what people to allow into that sphere? Yeah, I think it all starts with your values and your beliefs, right? Because those are, you know, it's like an iceberg. The, uh, your logo, your, your brand, your messaging, those are the tip of the iceberg. But under the surface, there's the values and beliefs that are the core of who you are. And you want to really lean into those and know, you know, what brings you energy, what brings you joy, and who do you align with? What do you enjoy doing? Um, you know, what types of services that you do provide a lot of value and who is that audience that you want to work with? And this is something that we've struggled with um, because we can work with anybody and we enjoy working with small businesses and lots of different industries. But again, if we're trying to get that message out to everyone, it becomes a little watered down. Uh, so we try and you know, hone in and have, you know, even if it's just campaigns where for a while we'll be going to a specific audience that can help you know, attract that specific audience that we're looking to connect with. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still fearful of, 
even the campaign where it's just go, you know, like let, let's just use uncensored advice for men as a, as a, as an example. Right. So people could, you know, guys listening can kind of unpeel this, right. Men is a, a broad category, right? So it's like, who do you serve? You know, we, we serve men. And then on the flip side, we serve influencers of men, right? So we interview coaches, consultants, authors, advisors, right? And we share the, you know, the advice with our community of guys, right? That seems like it's very broad. Do you think that uh, we should be, you know, narrowing our focus to really create a better niche or, you know, our, tighten up our sphere of influence like because just turning away you know if you're a dude come on in right versus you know you need to be a dude who does this 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 what's your, what are your thoughts there I, I think there's you know there's overlapping circles so you know with your brand and your message as you start to put things out they're going to be dog whistles that pull people in right so as you talk about being a father as you talk about um, you know, spirituality, or you talk about being an entrepreneur, those are different things that uh, cue different people to raise their ears. And they're like, you know, who is this person? And then as they start to see your message, they say, hey, that aligns with me. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't have messages that don't all connect. But if you have enough core messages and values that uh, resonate with that, that audience, they're going to want to learn more about you. Um, you know, I have a, a friend who has a, a business and she goes specifically after plastic surgeons and she does a great job, but she says she gets just as many um, inquiries from other businesses who see what she does for plastic surgeons and they say, hey, can you do this for me? So it doesn't mean that you're shutting out the opportunities elsewhere, but it means that you, your message is just tight and uh, can be delivered in a way that um, seems more one-to-one -one than one-to-many. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So when you talk about sphere of influence, this not only goes into, you know, business, but also personal life, right? Is it, is it a good idea to maybe consider multiple spheres of influence? Like, Hey, here's my personal, here's my personal group. Here's my business group. Here's my whatever group. Yeah, I definitely have uh, multiple spheres. Uh, I've mentioned water polo. So I've got a group of guys that I spend time with in water polo. You know, I've got, um, you know, business friends and I've got family friends. So I do think that there's going to be different spheres. And again, you know, the overlaps are going to be in the, the values, right? Because, you know, it's whether I'm speaking about water polo or I'm speaking about business, it's still people that are growth minded. They're looking to improve. They're looking to uh, go above and beyond what you know, the average person does. So those are the people that I gravitate towards. Um, you know, speaking of, of water polo, there's, you know, different types of players, right? There's the player that looks for the easy person to guard or take advantage of. And then there's the player that finds the best player in the water because he knows by playing against that person, he gets better. And that's the type of person I want to be. I want to be the one that is challenging myself and looking for ways that I can always be growing. With water polo, as an example, you know, like, let's just say I wanted to uh, learn and, and become a part of that community, that, that sphere. Like, I mean, this is a weird example, but I'm, I'm a good swimmer, but I probably am not the best swimmer. Like, do you, would, would it be weird if I, if I showed up with a, like a floaty or a ducky that like, wraps around? <laughs> would you guys make fun of me if I did that? 
Of course, but that's part of the, the fun of being in a group. Um, we, <laughs> Got it. When I was in Atlanta, it was funny. Every four years, you know, water polo would come on for the Olympics. So we'd have a, like an influx of people that were like, hey, I want to play water polo. Uh, we had a guy that came out, you know, wasn't a swimmer, you know, just saw the sport, was interested in it. But he kept coming out, kept playing, kept playing. And he ended up becoming our starting goalie. And it was just because he, he was relentless and he – you know, wasn't going to give up just because he didn't have, you know, the swimming background or the experience that the other people had. And if you, you know, dedicate yourself and really try, you can, you know, essentially do whatever you want to do as long as you have that commitment to always be practicing, looking to improve. Got it. So let's just say there's a, a dude listening in on the audience or, or myself included, right? I've got multiple spheres of influence, you know, like being in, being the kind of guy that I am, I've had a lot of pivots in my life. So my, my network is huge, but my spheres of influence are scattered and fractured. Okay. Um, so for a guy like me or a guy who's starting with scratch, what's a good way to start identifying what spheres we should be focusing on? Like, do you have maybe different categories that you think through? Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Some of the things that you want to look at are, you know, are there places where you, you'd like to grow, right? So if, for instance, if you'd like to be someone that's a better connector, who do you know that's a great networker that really provides a lot of value and makes a lot of important connections and then find a way to connect with them and learn from them. And one key that I, I would say for anyone that's looking for that mentor, that sphere of influence is, is when they provide some sort of insight or um, suggestion for you, take that to heart, take action but then come back and report to them on how that impacted or whether it worked or not. Because a lot of times mentors, they're not looking to be paid. They're looking to make an impact. And if you don't take that, that action or you don't report back to them, um, that's a missed opportunity. And I think the more that you can do that, they're going to look to help you even more. Yeah, that's good. So you mentioned like a mentor advisor, are there different levels of people that you invite in, like, you know, mentor advisor, then your, you know, the brothers that you work with, and then like, I mentor other people. Are there different, like, people that you put inside those spheres? Yeah, I think so. Um, again, it, it deals with what are your goals and where are you going and where are you at currently. So I've got um, peers that are mentors where we're kind of aligned in what we're doing. So I learned from them because, uh, like I'm a digital marketer certified partner and that's um, Ryan Dice's community. And within there, there's a lot of people that are doing similar things to what we're doing. So I learned from what's worked from them, what didn't work so that I can accelerate not only for my business, but for my clients. Um, and then in masterminds, I've both facilitated them and been a member of them. And sometimes when you're the one facilitating, you learn just as much as if you're participating uh, and the same thing goes for whether you're being a mentor or a coach. A lot of times when you're doing that, you can see so many things that apply to you. And it's almost like stepping outside of the frame. You have a better viewpoint and perspective. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, you, you talk about within the sphere of influence, you, you, you talk about other people who are digital marketers, right? Now, what's the benefit of having a guy sit right next to you who's one of your competitors and you're telling each other or you're telling him how to get clients you're like isn't that not you know that's not very competitive 
right? Aren't we supposed to keep our competitors at the end of our sword? You know, like, what are your thoughts there? Because that doesn't, that doesn't seem, it seems against intuition. Right. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about before about really knowing your audience. Um, you know, I believe in abundance. I believe that there's more business out there than any one of us can ever take. And uh, I believe in helping others and that it will find its way back to you. But when you really know who you serve, it makes it much easier for you to get business from people in your industry. And many times we get more referrals from other uh, marketing and consulting and coaching uh, businesses than we do from people that aren't in that industry uh, because they understand, you know, who it is that we work with and what our specialty is. So if, if you can really define that, that can really help you grow in a, a great way. You can have a pipeline that comes from someone in your industry. Got it. So it, it's not against the rules, like old school business guys, like you know, the, my dad or whatever they, or like in the movie Anchorman, remember in the movie Anchorman that they're walking and they're, and they see the other Anchorman and then they go to battle with a uh, trident and uh, a net and such like that. So like there was this, you know, business is war. And what I'm hearing is it's a little bit more collaborative, but you know, like you understand who your true audience is that you're serving. Definitely. Yeah. So why did you, why is this so important to you as you're, you know, you're building your business, you have a family, like why is being a part of these masterminds, these other groups, these other things that you have going on, man, you've got a lot of different communities that you guys are building or have built and that are managing or a part of, that seems like a lot of freaking work. Like, why is it that important to you? I think I've always wanted to own my own business and be an entrepreneur because my, my father has always, uh, owned his business. And that's something that he instilled within me very early. Um, he grew up in uh, New York and then opened a knitting factory in North Carolina. And I got to see the impact that he had not only on our family, but also on, you know, other people as well. And I believe that, you know, small businesses are the backbone of our country. They're the, you know, the lifeline. And I want to ensure that they can be as successful as possible. So that's one of the reasons why I feel very, passionate about helping businesses, you know, get the right strategies and systems so that they can grow and help their communities and our countries, you know, really thrive. Awesome. Now your dad ran a knitting factory. Are you a, a professional knitter yourself, sir? No. Um, I did help him quite a bit with uh, reneedling machines and cleaning uh, textile machines, uh, but I didn't get into the sewing aspect of it. He probably would have crushed it, you know, now with masks and things like that. Uh, but you know, he always found a way to be successful, even when, you know, all the textile industry went overseas. Uh, he was always able to adapt and really reinvent himself and be successful. That's really awesome, man. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing when, when you see the world of owning your own business, like, it's almost like unplugging from the matrix or having like, you, you see, you know, employee versus, you know, versus entrepreneur, the the different mindsets, the different things that come with it. But that's probably another show that we put together. Manny. <laughs> um, as we're, as we're walking through and um, you know, nearing, nearing kind of the, the backbone of our, our conversation together, like what's that one question or that one piece of advice that I should have been like digging into that maybe I missed the mark and I, I didn't ask like what questions arise that I should have asked. I think if someone's out there and they're, you know, wondering, you know, should I, you know, start my business? Should I be an entrepreneur? I think one of the things that I learned from Gary Keller and Jay Papazan, who wrote the one thing is think big, but start small. So don't feel like you have to, you know, 
dive headfirst into owning your own business, um, you know, find a way to, to start a little bit at a time, see if it's something that resonates with you, something that you enjoy, something that you're passionate about, and you can grow it on the side and then make that transition once you see that it's gaining traction. Um, and essentially, don't be afraid to reach out to someone, uh, even if they're successful and ask for help. Because uh, a lot of times it's not how you need to do something, but it's who can help you uh, make that happen. That's good, man. So in terms of who could help you make that happen, if there's a guy listening in this audience, he's like, listen, I, maybe I'm a CPA and I just need someone to do my marketing, right? They could connect with you. But like someone who also wants to know about, you know, maybe building some community, building their, you know, their personal brand or their sphere of influence. Like how could guys connect with you and, you know, learn with you, learn from you and ask for some advice. Sure. So we have a community called Growth Amplifiers and we also have a podcast. So if you go to growthamplifiers.com, you can see some of the podcasts that we've had with other business owners. And we're always looking to find people that, you know, have had success and essentially pull out from them different things that they've been able to do to be successful so that other people can learn from that and accelerate their growth. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm easy to find there, Manny Torres, and send me a connection request. I'd be happy to, to connect and help any way I can. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, guys, uh, listening into this uh, podcast interview, my ask to you is that you reach out to Manny, reach out to our guests and say, hey, thanks for sharing this. You know, we appreciate your time, if nothing else. And then if what they said resonates with you and you would like some help doing it, some advice doing it, or, um, or other things that come to mind, you know, reach out to our guests and say, hey, Manny, I could use a hand raise your hand and ask for help. Um, guys, listening in, thank you for being a part of the Uncensored Advice for Men community. And if you're interested in our, you know, asking a question to maybe our guest, maybe sitting in on one of our shows or exploring, you know, one of our inner circles, go to Uncensored Advice for Men and you can find out more information there. So then guys, thank you for listening into the Uncensored Advice for Men podcast show. We'll talk with you on the next episode.